So tonight, wherever you find yourself, wherever you're viewing in from, I again encourage you to let us know, but I want to encourage you right now just to join with me in prayer, knowing that this night is going to be special, that lives are going to be changed, souls will be saved, that even in the middle of a, a craziness, in a time that's different, he's still faithful. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the only way we can. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that we have the ability and the privilege to call on you. And we thank you that you hear us. Lord, while people are looking everywhere, people are demanding shutdowns. and People are crying out for this or that. Lord, we cry out for you to move again, for you to have your way. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and anoint us, your church, your body. Lord, that it flows from the head down. Lord, that you would pour out into us. And we would be your hands and feet. Lord, that no matter what comes our way, you're still faithful. Lord, even if the Red Sea's there, we know that you're able to split it and let us walk on through on dry ground. Lord, we praise you, Father. And we ask that tonight that our lives would be changed. Lord, that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds. Lord, that we wouldn't give thought or, or, or meditate on what's going on, but Lord, let us... Lift up your name and meditate on your word day and night. And I pray that wherever people find themselves right now, that you would fall down in that place, Lord, that you would move and have your way. Lord, that you would stir in their hearts. Lord, a drive and a passion that may have been there, but is no longer there. Lord, are those that have not known you, Lord, they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior tonight. Lord, I give you the honor and thanks. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We want to thank you tonight for tuning in. Thank you, guys. And I want to give a special thanks to the people that I drive crazy, uh, those that are back there bringing you the videos. I seem to do everything at the absolute worst and wrong times. And uh, thank you guys for putting up with me and not killing me. Um, sometimes I know that I don't make things very easy, and Summer would amen that. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I apologize if there were any technical glitches or anything. It's my fault because, uh, again, I just do things at some of the most odd and inopportune times. But anyhow, praise God anyway, we're here, <laughs> and uh, I guess we're live and, and whatnot. But turning your word tonight to Ephesians chapter 3, and I felt to go ahead and pick back up with this, and I have no idea what part, I think this is like part 7, I think. Uh, but Ephesians 3, verses 13 through 21 is where we will be tonight. And uh, we began teaching, Summer's teaching on the book of Mark on Wednesdays, and I began teaching in the book of Ephesians uh, a while back, I don't know when, how long ago. But um, anyway, we're not in a hurry to get through his word. There's no reason to rush through um, because there's, still another time to, to do it more and to, and to preach and teach it again. So in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verses 13 or thirteen through 21, and we'll be, begin reading verse 13, it says, Wherefore, and this is Paul speaking, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. Now, a lot of people like to uh, just 
kind of rush and, and, and throw things and, and do whatever, but Paul had a concern for, for the believers. For the, for the, even if he didn't plant the church, he had a deep concern because he wanted people to experience what he was experiencing. He wanted them to know the love of Christ like he had experienced because it changed him. He was a persecutor of the Christian faith to now a promoter and a proclaimer of the gospel. And he wanted the people to know just what the love of God will do in your life. So he made a point, even it didn't matter where he was at, to always encourage, to not only encourage, but to warn. And you can be encouraged through warning. You can be. And we don't like that, but a lot of people had rather die in misery than to be corrected out of love. But he wanted to correct them and to point them the right direction for them not to be caught up in all the, the things that don't even matter. For years, the church have argued over things that really don't matter. They don't, it don't matter. We've got people saying your name doesn't sound churchy enough or, or what, who cares? Who really can? The name on any church, regardless of what that name is, has never saved a soul. Ever. And, uh, you know, we're identified in Christ. That's our identity. But people know us as Lakeside Church. But I'm going to tell you something. The name of Lakeside Church, if we changed it to near the lake church or beside the nature preserve church, it still don't matter because the name is not going to save anybody. We're not going to do that. But the name's not going to save anybody. They're probably, oh, dear Lord, here we go again. The name didn't save anybody. You're only saved in and through Christ, and it's by faith. So verse 13, don't let your faith weaken because of my imprisonment. Listen, Paul is saying, we're going to get to it in a little bit here in a minute. Don't look at me as your source of strength. It takes somebody uh, knowing who they are in Christ to tell the people, don't be looking at me as your source of strength. He is your source. He is your guide. So whatever happens to me, regardless, Paul's saying, whatever happens to me, God will get the glory. So when something happens, especially when it happens to the church, like right now, there are regulations in place, and, and people are freaking out on, on what to do. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What are we going to do? Oh, well, Lord, what are we going to do Wednesday? We can only have 10. We can only have no more than 10 people. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We've asked those same questions. But guess what? We're going to figure it out. I'm not going to buckle. We're going to have church. I, I, the greatest thing, and, and I've said this before, word of advice, and it wasn't really given directly to me, but I took it as advice, was you cannot minister to one or uh, 1,000 if you cannot minister to one. Literally, literally, the ministry that Summer and I, the, the, what we, you see now, literally it began at our dining, dining room table. When I say literally, I mean literally at our dining room table. With Summer, myself, and our kids. Literally. And we had church. And we preached to one another. Literally. Noah had a vision of sand and flip-flops. And he thought we was moving to the beach to, to pastor a church. But it just didn't happen. But anyway. So Paul had a concern. And, and people are flipping out right now and wondering what to do. Because I can't sit in my comfortable chair and... And I don't have those amenities, and I, I can't see the screens. And, and we've been trying to, to figure out how to get the words to the songs on the bottom of this, the, the screen. And, and that's uh, partly the, why the, the technical things this morning and, and this afternoon, because I'm a hardhead and, and impatient and can't wait. And I thought, well, we can just do it now. And, uh, but we're trying to, to improvise and to use things, but... It doesn't matter if you can see the words or not. He is still in control and he still gets the glory. So people can't have the amenities and, and, and uh, the, the pressures that come and, and all the things that are coming our way. We cannot be swayed by those. We have to remain the course. Paul said in verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I bow to the will of God. Not the pressures of man. I bow to the will of God. Not the pressures of man. It was no secret that Paul knew he could be imprisoned and was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. But he did not bow to man. He bowed his knee to the will of the Father. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for example, knew 
that they would be thrown into the fiery furnace if they did not bow their knee to Nebuchadnezzar. But they said, no, it ain't going to happen. I will bow my knee to the will of the Father. But where will we stand? Because there may be a time coming. Listen, in less than a week and a half, this nation has been crippled. Churches have been stripped of so many options and so many freedoms that we, it happened so fast that you didn't know what was going on. It, listen, you, you may think it won't happen to me, but look around. One month ago, we never thought we would have to be figuring out how to have less than 10 people. Let me be quite honest with you. Less than three months ago, we were trying to figure out where we were going to put all the people. And now you have pastors that are worried sick about will the congregation return. And you hear all this influence and all these things. You hear all these people. Listen, if you're taking time and you're building and sowing into the kingdom of God and not building your church, but you're sowing into lives, they will return. And I understand that. But these are real issues. These are real things that are going on in lives and in our lives. So Paul said, for this cause, for this cause, for preaching of the gospel, for preaching of Christ and him crucified, for this cause, I will bow my knee unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Not to anything else. Throw me in prison, lock me up. This is Paul speaking. And it's easy for us to say this, but let them march in. Let them march in. See what happens. Last week we had some bad publicity. Why? Because we're preaching the gospel. I'm all, I'm very well within the regulations of our state. But we had bad publicity because they thought we had too many people at church. It was not out of ill will, and, 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 and if, if whoever sees it, I'm not mad at the individual. In fact, we had a great conversation. And I'm believing that through all of that, the person that made the post is going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Simply, simply put, let me put it this way, she had experienced a nasty encounter with believers. And I have to say, unfortunately, I cannot disagree with you because there are some really nasty so-called believers. They just are. So we go back to here, and I don't want to stay there and dwell there, but I bow my knee to the will of the Father. So how many people are mad right now and trying their best to get around the regulations? I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, instead of just asking the Lord, what would you have me do? I'll prove to you, I'll do it my way. You'll do it your way and with a misdemeanor and a fine. <laughs> Lord, I understand the regulations that have been put in place and have been mandated. Lord, what will you have me do? Preach the gospel. Hello, somebody. Preach the gospel. You don't have to be a rebel without a cause. Preach the gospel. To who? Anybody and everybody, I've seen, I shared a clip with a guy standing out in his driveway, had the speaker set up, and he was singing, Waymaker. <laughs> hey, I'm going to preach the gospel anywhere, everywhere, and anyhow. So I bow to the will, but people are getting mad right now, and they're trying to get around the regulations instead of seeking the face of the Lord and asking for wisdom, guidance, and direction. Revelation 3 and verse 8 tells us, that the door he has opened that no man can shut. The door the Lord has opened, no man can shut. And if the door shuts, guess who shut it? He did. But here's what happens. If it, he shuts the door, he will open another door. But too many people are trying to pry back open the door that was closed. I want it back this way. Ah, no, 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 no. Instead of turning and looking at what the Lord has supplied for you, which is always better because he never downgrades. God never gives you a downgrade. It's always an upgrade. He always gives you better. So instead of trying to pry back open what was, saying, Lord, Whatever you'll have me to do and whatever door you open, I'm going to walk through it and I know it's going to be better because you opened it and not me. Isaiah 22 and verse 22 tells us what he opens, no man can shut. 
So if he shuts the door, he shut it. If he opened the door, no man can shut. And, and, and again, if he shuts it, no man can open. So we can, can we truly say for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Unto what cause? All to the glory and honor of him. That's the cause that we bow our knee. Not to say, look at us or, or look what we're doing. Verse 15 says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. <coughs> what family? Those in Christ Jesus. Before and after the family of God. Your name is not in the Lamb's book of life because of you. That, that, that just makes some people mad. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life because of who is in you. Not because my name is Jason Collins and he thought, well, that would just be a great name to put in here because I don't have it in here yet. I think that's good. No, it's because I said yes to Jesus and no to self. And I said, Lord, have your way in me. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. But I know that I got to have what I feel. I got to have what I see. I need to have and experience what I see others experiencing. I can't shake this, this weird, crazy feeling. This is when I was young. Weird, crazy feeling. I had to run to the altar. So my name was written down and is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, not because I pastor Lakeside Church, not, not, nothing other than because of Jesus Christ. So verse 16 says that he would grant you, that who would grant you, that God Almighty would grant you <coughs> according to the riches of his glory. I, I don't know about you, but I want that. The riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. We got a lot of folks walking around looking good on the outside, but the inner man's a train wreck. We've learned to cover up, we've learned to hide, and we've learned to do the do's and not the don'ts, and we've learned to play the game. I can tell you right now, a lot of people's game has been taken away. And if you're not strengthened by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit working in your life in the inner man, you're going to give way and you're going to buckle under pressure. Because when the playing field's ripped out from under your feet and you're exposed for who you are, and now you're vulnerable back to this morning in the midst of the sea in the boat, are you going to be without the Holy Spirit working in your life as Peter saying, Lord, if it be you, bid me come and to walk on the water. Are you going to be that way without that? No. You're going to be hunkered to get down again in the boat and waiting till the storm passes by and then you're going to praise him. So he prayed that they would be strengthened with might by his spirit. The riches of his glory cannot be exhausted. They can't be exhausted. Be strengthened by might, by his spirit. Strengthened by might, by his spirit. I want you to turn into Isaiah chapter 40. I usually have my bookmarks ready, but I didn't have them ready tonight. But anyway, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12. Through 31. I'm not sure if I gave you that scripture or not, but if I didn't, I apologize. Isaiah 40, verses 12 through 31, talks about the power and majesty of God. It says, Who has measured the waters in, in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales? and the hills in a balance. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, has taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he takes up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. 
To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman melts a graven image, and the goldsmith spreads it over with gold and casts silver chains. He who is so impoverished that he has no oblation or chooses a tree that will not rot, he seeks unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits upon the circle of the earth. And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent to dwell in. Who brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth as vanity. Yes, they shall not be planted. Yes, they shall not be sown. Yes, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or shall, I, or shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who has created these things that brings out their hosts by number. He calls them all by name and the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one fails. Why sayest you, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So Paul is praying that they be filled and strengthened with this might, with this power. The one who created, who measured the earth in his hand, who measured the waters. He holds the, the, he holds the, the, the earth in his hand though it were a grain of sand. He tells the wind where to start, where to stop. He knows what direction is blowing, the path of the lightning bolt. He knows. He knows the stars by name. By, and he, and he, he knows the number of hair on your head. He knows all of this. This is the kind of might and the power that Paul is asking while praying for you to be strengthened in. Not just knowledge, but understanding. Not just a ritual, but a change of heart. Not just a proclamation, but a lifestyle. I want to tell you that most people's proclamation does not match up to who they are. Paul's praying, I desire that you be changed from the inside, the inner man, from the inside out. A lot of church folks want to change the outside before the inside happens. Now. I want to tell you right now, I'm not going to speak for every other church because I can't, I don't pastor that church. But I want to tell you as far as Lakeside Church, I don't care what your outside looks like. It's not my business to change your outside. It's the business of the Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, and direct you. When you have a change of heart and when you are transformed by the renewing of your mind, everything begins to change. Everything begins to change. So he's, he's asking and praying that they would be strengthened with that type of might. God has got this. Period. He's got it. But we must be obedient and seek him like we have never sought him before. We, who, we, church. We have to seek him and be obedient as we never have before. Verses 17 through 19 in Ephesians 3. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth, length, depth, and height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you might be filled with all fullness. All the fullness of God. I don't know about you, but instead of fear... I'd rather be 
filled with the fullness of God. The fullness of God. You can't contain the fullness of God. I can't contain the fullness of God. I used to sing a song a long time ago. It's bubbling, it's bubbling, bubbling in my soul. I something, I don't know what, you know what? Anyway, you get the whole picture. It's like a fountain. It's just it's flowing over. I can't contain the fullness of God. That Christ may dwell in our hearts, wow, by faith. By faith and faith alone. It's only by faith, not in what you do. Doing good things only will never make you more Christ-like. Uh-oh. What do you mean? Only doing good things will never make you more Christ-like. They're only good things. Because your inner man will still be full of bitterness at times. It will still act and react in the wrong way. And it will still have prejudice and all of those things in it because it's only good things. You are only changed from the inside out. I worked, with, I worked in commercial construction for 20 years. I worked with some rough dudes. Did a lot of good things. But they would also cut you real good if you crossed them the wrong way. Or break your nose real good if you said the wrong thing. The good things don't, does not make you more Christ-like. It is because of Christ that's in you that drives the church to do the good things. Why? So that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Not for you, not for me, not for the church but all for his glory. You know, the, the, the uh, bracelets that went around, I don't, I mean, if you're young, I don't even know if any young people remember this, but they, they, there was a, a fad that went through the whole WWJD. What was Jesus doing? Oh, you got your bracelet on, you cussing, Jesus wouldn't cuss. Oh, Jesus, wouldn't, Jesus, Jesus would not have waved at that person that way. You got the bumper sticker. It didn't matter. Listen, I don't think Jesus would have been wearing a bracelet or a T-shirt or a hat or had a bumper sticker if he had had a car to let people know who he was. His character spoke for himself. His actions spoke for who he was. His presence demanded attention. Man, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is moving and operating in one's life, you will know. You will know, and people will know something. They might not know what it is, but they know something's different, and I need what you got. So his very nature spoke for itself. It's so important to understand faith in the proper form and where that faith is to be anchored. You are saved or changed uh, that, that by faith, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. No other thing. No other way. So many people think that Christ dwells in their heart just because they, says, they say he does. Or because they go to such and such church. Or because your mom and dad went to such and such church. Or whatever. Christ only dwells in the heart by and through faith. In him. In his finished work. So be reminded that true faith will never deny the obvious either. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Just because you say there's a real danger does not mean that you don't have faith. I mean, I'm not going to walk out there and stand in the middle of the road and I say, I got faith that this Mack truck will stop. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm grill meat. That was gross. I'm a hood ornament. Faith does not deny the obvious, but faith is not foolish either. Paul's desire was that the believers would, one, allow Christ to dwell in their hearts by faith, but two, be rooted and grounded in love. And if Christ does not dwell in your heart through faith, you're not going to be rooted and grounded in love. You're going to be rooted and grounded in like. What do you mean? Because you're going to do what you like. Only. 
You may say it's out of love, but in all honesty, it's out of life. It's about self. It's about what you think is good enough. It's about what fits into your schedule. It's about if it, if it does or does not alter what you had in mind. That's how you'll operate. But when, when, you are, when Christ is dwelling in you and your faith is anchored in Him and you are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, guess what? Your schedule ain't going to really matter no more. It's not. I told you last week, we had, I planned, oh man, we're going we're gonna to go, we're going to hit the water, and as soon as I was ready, kid got lost. And I was like, well, I guess we'll get on the four-wheelers and go riding around and try to find a kid. And then something else came up, and then something else came up, and, 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 and it's not about us, uh, but I'm saying you're going to operate out of love, not out of like. You'll do things that just, you just do them. And it ain't, you don't even, it's not, well, why would you do that? I do, well, just because. Just because, it doesn't have to be a rhyme or a reason. It's just because this is what I need to do. So you'll operate out of love, not like. I can tell you again that love, the love of Christ, will make you be cautious. <coughs> that may sound crazy to people. Not in the sense of fear, but rather you will grow to understand that what you do and what you say affects people and ultimately souls are at stake. The love of Christ will make you be cautious. Because you will say, Lord, is this what I need to do? Because, you know, everybody's been there. If I were in that position, I would do it this way. I would have handled it that way. I wouldn't have said that. Or I would have just kicked them in the tail and said, don't let the door hit you. Where the good Lord split you. <laughs> oh, Lord, here we go. No. When the Lord puts you in a place, wherever that may be, and you understand the love of Christ, and you're continually growing in the love of Christ, you understand what you do, what you say, and decisions you make, and sometimes you make them, and it's going to affect people regardless, but you made them out of much prayer and much deliberation and back and forth with the Lord. You made those out of prayer, and I can't determine how somebody's going to receive it, but it was still made in love. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making decisions based off of like and off of instinct and off of haste. And not caring about what happens. The responses and the decisions that you thought you would make are different. When, when, you, when you begin to, uh, when you're put in the place that you thought you would handle differently, but when you're in that place, your perspective has changed and you see things differently. Terrence and Melissa have been, been the youth pastors uh, since October, right? Yeah, October. November, December, five months. Wow, six months. And I'm sure that what you had in mind and what now you have in mind is different. Because you understand everything I do or don't do affects somebody. And Lord, I just want to be like Isaiah. What would you have me to do? Lord, what direction will you lead me and would you guide me? So when you're placed there, you handle things a little bit different. Hope, hope and, 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 and Noah, they're, they're taking uh, the, on the big, huge responsibility of, of, of praise and worship. And, and it's different than what you may have thought. Because you got to have stuff together, and you got musicians that need to know what are we singing, what keys are we doing them in. And it's not just going and getting a folder and pulling songs out and saying, we can do this, here you go. It's, it's prayer, and it's seeking the Lord, and it's preparedness, and saying, okay, well, this is different than I thought it was, but it's okay. Because it's a good thing to know that I have got to depend on the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me, because this is more than I can handle myself. So when you are rooted in the love of Christ, and when you are grounded in His love, then you go and you make and you, and you do things with a little bit different or a different way. It will, uh, if you don't, 
it will be, again, most often those decisions will be made out of like and not love. It's when you become rooted and grounded in Christ that your responses change. Because in Christ and by the working of the Holy Spirit, you're no longer conformed, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're no longer conformed, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. I pray it all, Lord, transform me. Transform the spirit of my mind. Lord, renew the spirit of my mind, Lord. Lord, I don't want to be conformed to anything. Church, I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to be led and guided by you. I don't want to be conformed to just a ritual or a ceremony or this is how you do it. You open with a really fast song and, and happy smiley faces and then all of a sudden you get people all involved. And, no, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if it starts the church out with hallelujah, hallelujah, then so be it. It's so important that we seek who He is and His guidance and understanding. Verse 18 says, not only, listen, not only did they understand, but you may be able to comprehend with all saints, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height? It's hard to fathom the love of Christ. How much He loves us. How, how broad, how wide, how deep, how high the love is for us. But I want to tell you, you can know the love of Christ. But you cannot exhaust it. That's the height, the depth, the love, and the, or, the, or the width and the depth and the height and the breadth of His love. You can know His love, but you cannot exhaust His love. You can't. I, I, I thought I knew what love was when I was 18. I mean, I love my wife. Man. I love my wife. It's a, it's a, I'm always growing in understanding of the, also the love, or more importantly, the love of Christ. I know His love, but I cannot exhaust His love, so therefore I am always growing and more understanding of the love of Christ. Why would I, why, I will do things that I wouldn't have done. Or I won't do things that I may would have done before. So you will understand you can lay hold of the breadth, the length, the depth, and height of His love. Verse 19 tells us that His love passes knowledge. You, again, you can know it, but you can't exhaust it. We should always be growing. When we are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, verse 20 tells us what, what, what you will receive. You will receive, verse 20, now unto him who is able. I said this this morning, just because he is able, just because he is able, and he is, does not mean that he will. I mean, I, I, Lord, if you're, if, if you're able, could you put a million dollars in my bank account? He's able to do that. Now, I, God, if that's your will, I will shout for joy. But if it's not, I'm going to shout for joy anyway. But we think because it don't happen, we allow the enemy to tell us he's not able. He's able. He is able. I've told you this before, but uh, when, when, when Sire was young, was it Sire stayed with the team? Sire? When Sire was young, he fell... I can't imagine that he would fall, being rambunctious. He fell and he hit his teeth on the edge of the bathtub, which deadened his teeth. It killed his two front teeth. He was young, and we were going to get him pulled, and he was going to be toothless for a while. Say Mississippi. No. Uh, he, was gonna, he was just going to be that way. But the Lord impressed upon Summer's heart, and, and we were praying in a church, and, and <coughs> I can't remember who was preaching, but they said, I believe that even somebody's teeth are going to be healed. And Summer said, I receive it. Let it be in the name of Jesus. 
Well, she took Sawyer to get his teeth pulled, and I was at work. As always, seemed like I'm always at work for something. And so that he was crazy nuts. He hates needles, and he was terrified, and, and I don't know what all was going on. But anyway, they said, we can't do this. We're going to schedule another one. So they scheduled him for an oral surgeon, and he uh, they was going to put him to sleep or to do the surgery. But they said, before we do, let me take another x-ray. And he came back to summer, and he said, I don't, we don't need to pull his teeth. His teeth are perfectly healthy. They're alive. Now, they were dead. They were turning black. Like he had been eating charcoal black. Can I tell you, and you may, honest to goodness, he healed his teeth? He's able, but even if he didn't, don't mean that he's not able. Gemma was going to have to have, she had braces. I got them somewhere. Braces made for her legs because she was, so, they were so bold. Looks like she had been riding a little fat donkey. When she was born, I mean, just woo. But God touched her and straightened her legs. But even if he did not, he's still able. So wherever you find yourself, whatever you've been seeking, or whatever you've been crying out for, because it has not happened yet, does not mean that he is not able. And if it don't, don't quit crying out and don't lose hope and faith. He was able to stop it all. All the betrayal, the beating, the harassment, the torture of his son Jesus Christ. But in all wisdom, in all knowledge, and in all knowing, he knew what didn't make sense to anybody else. He knew he had to allow it so that they too could inherit the very ones that was beating his son could inherit what he had in store. It made no sense why he didn't stop it. But he knew the very one that was swinging the, the whip and, and ripping the flesh of his only beloved son, he let it happen so that individual right there would have an opportunity to spend eternity with the Father. He was able, but he didn't stop it because he knew better. He knew better. His ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. He allowed it so that they could, uh, could have that opportunity to receive. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power, the power, the power that works in us. I could, I could carry, uh, 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 there's a fan over there, my favorite fan, the Vornado. But I could carry that fan around all day long, and I could whatever. But it's never effective. It's never operational. It never does what it was intended to do until I plug it in to the power source. Until you... Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and change you until you plug in to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to change you and to get you out of the way. And Lord, have your way. You do what only you can do. Lord, let the power that's in me work through me. Don't let me flip the switch anymore, Lord. I don't take the switch away. Have your way in me. It's, it's, listen, he's able to do exceeding. It's not because of so-and-so laid their hands on you to pray for you. It's because of the power that works in us. The power. The power that works in us. My mom, today would have been her birthday. March 29th. But the Lord saw fit. He was able to keep her here, but he didn't. He saw fit whatever, for whatever reason. I praise God anyway. But my mom was an evangelist, and she traveled all over. And they would be people that followed. Man, they just had to have Sister Diane pray for them. And she'd tell him, pray for yourself. I'm tired. <laughs> she would. It's not me. It's who's in me. And you, as a believer, have the same power in you. <coughs> if you go back to 1 Corinthians 2, 
verses 1 through 5, and let me get there. Man, I am slack today. I, I didn't have a lot of stuff marked. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. This is Paul speaking and talking about the power. Here, here's what he wanted them to do. He desired not only the church of Corinth, but the church at Ephesus and the believers at Ephesus and both Corinth. He wanted them to understand. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined to know, uh, not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I determined in myself before I came to you, I was going to preach one thing, that's Christ and him crucified. Regardless of what you think, regardless of what they say, regardless of what anybody else has to say, there's one message that I'm preaching, it's Christ and him crucified. And I'm going to get to the purpose of it all here in a moment. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5. You need to highlight this. You need to get this in you, in you today, tonight. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. When you understand what Christ's finished work is, what you're afforded there, and you understand the gospel, the gospel is the message of the cross, it is Christ in him crucified, you will understand that I am just a little peon, and your faith don't need to be in this guy, but you need to understand that because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, and because of all that's available to you, your faith should not be in man, but in the power of God. What are you talking about, man? They might, ooh, ooh. Listen, Sawyer don't need training wheels anymore. He learned to ride the bike. Gemma don't need training wheels anymore. She learned to ride the bike. A demonstration of the Spirit is not shouting to the rooftops. It is not running the back of pews. It is not dancing your shoes off. But the demonstration of the Spirit is this. <coughs> the preaching of the anointed word of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the demonstration of the Spirit begins to take place that I've got it! I don't need to rely on man. My faith does not rely in the wisdom of man, but my faith rests in the power of God. He's able. Man, I wish. I hope y'all saying hallelujah at your house. Hallelujah! Woo! Thumbs up, hearts, smiley faces, whatever they got on there. I don't know. Preach on, preacher. He's able. Your faith does not rest in man, but in the... This is what Paul wanted them to get. The church, you should be preaching this. This is what the congregation needs to get. This is what the saint needs to hear. This is what the sinner is delivered from into, that your faith does not be codependent on anything. Good Lord Jesus. It's in the power of God. Then you realize my faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of man, but the power of God. I no longer need the training wheels. I can ride the bike. Of course I'm here to cheer you on. Of course I was there to cheer Sawyer on. You can do it, son. Watch the train. Oh, get back up on your bike. You can do it again. Keep going. Sawyer could run a bicycle like nobody's business. That jugger was two years old and run a bicycle around the yard. He would run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. And I'm going to use for you in, in a parable form. One day a demonstration of the Spirit happened to him. I don't have to push this bike. I can ride it. He wasn't even three. Started riding a bicycle. He never had training wheels, did he? He was a phenom. He's a prodigy, bicycle prodigy. But he got it. I don't have to push this. I can ride it. Gemma had bicycles. We trained. We had a big handle. You walk behind it, which was so stupid. It never even worked. I don't even know why we had it. It was lame. If you have kids, don't buy the handle that hooks to the seat for the training wheels. It's so stupid. It's just a waste of money. But anyway, they got us. We're suckers. But uh, 
she realized, I don't need training. I would raise the training wheels up, so it would teeter-totter. Yeah, well, I'm scared, Daddy. And I was like, you got it. And she learned, I don't need these two. I can keep going. She would wreck, and I'd say, get up, get back on your bicycle, and let's go. You can do this. So this should be, we're here to encourage one another. We need each other, but your faith is not in me. It's in the power of God. But so many people, so many pastors, so many leaders in the church want people to depend on them for everything. I, I'm going to say something. If I say this, I don't, I don't want you to depend on me. Because I'm going I'm to fail you miserably. I'm as scatterbrained almost as they come. Except maybe except for my brother. He might be a little worse. No, no, I'm not knocking you, Chad. I love you. But I don't want you to depend on me. I want your faith in Resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And you're going to realize, I got all that I need in Christ. I got all that I need in Christ. So, <coughs> I'm here to cheer you on. But I want you to get this. There is power in the question. And the night I use for a title, what are you asking for? There's power in the question. Paul Wanted and he asked for the thorn to be removed from his side. But God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. He was able to remove the thorn, but he said, my grace is all you need. <coughs> the thorn was still there, but when he figured out and he had a demonstration of the Spirit in his life, and the inner man began to be changed, he understood that thorn's still there, but it's not stabbing me like it once did. Because my faith is not in what I can do to rid myself of the thorn, nor cry out for you to take it out of the way. I'm going to keep going. Listen, Peter didn't say, this morning I read, Peter didn't say, Lord, stop the storm and let me come to you. If it be you, bid me come that I may walk on the water. He's able. But Paul wanted that. His answer was, my grace is sufficient. He wanted the thorn removed, but the Lord wanted him to understand, my grace is what you need. If you will look exclusively to me, the thorn will remain, but it will no longer hinder you. There is no sinless perfection. Sin's still there. But sin shall not, Romans 6, 14, have dominion over you. It don't rule your life. The thing that once was just, ah, it don't rule your life. Summers used the illustration. Keith Babin, would, would, if he were here, would tell you, he used to hang a piece of cardboard over his TV so he didn't see Jane Fonda doing an exercise video. I don't know what it was, but I'm just saying. But that ain't going to do nothing because the cardboard's going to come off one day. It's off. It just is. Isaiah asked a question. And he asked this, Lord... What will you have me to do? <coughs> Peter asked, If it be you, bid me to come. So I'm asking you, What are you asking for? But why are you asking? It can never be out of selfish motivation or selfish motive. A selfish motive will never serve the sinner or the saint. Lord, what will you have me to do? Lord, here I am, a big pile of nothing. But Lord, you can take nothing and do something. I know you can, because you took nothing and spoke creation into existence. And Lord, I'm just asking you, what will you have me to do? Lord, Show me, in me, what's not pleasing to you. Lord, change me. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, let me decrease and you increase. There is power in what you say, but what are you asking it? Lord, give me this job so I can have a lot of money. He's able to do it, but he may know that you're not able to handle finances. And it will take your attention off of him. And all of a sudden, you got to... A big, nice raptor. And all of a sudden, you got to work like the mad dog to pay for the raptor. I wouldn't have a raptor. I would have an F-350. But anyway, I'm not going there. What are you asking for? 
Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, the world without end. Amen. It's all for his glory. Never, ever, ever for ours. So I want to ask you tonight, if, if uh, Terrence, you come play something. What are you asking? I'm asking. I'm praying. I'm seeking. That through this time, we will understand our faith rests in Him. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Our faith rests nowhere else other than in Him. Tonight, I want you, wherever you are, I, I'm just going to ask you something maybe odd to you, but I'm going to ask you to stand. Or make yourself a place at an altar or somewhere, make yourself one. And just seek His face. I don't know what you're asking for. I don't know what you're seeking. I don't know what answers you're looking for. But I can tell you, I know the one who has all the answers. I know the one that will answer you if you'll ask him. And I want to tell you, be prepared to receive an answer that you might not like. Just because he's able does not mean that he will. And if he don't, you've got to trust that he knows it all. He knows better. So tonight I encourage you just to make yourself an altar where you are and pray. Seek him. Seek his face and ask him, Lord, what will you have me to do this time? How could I be a witness to my neighbor? How could I be an encouragement to my brother or sister in the Lord? Lord, instead of picking people apart, Lord, let me... Use me to encourage them with your word. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that, that we can grow and we can understand your love. But, Lord, we thank you that we'll never exhaust it. Lord, where people are right now, whether they be on the, in their house or car or in a field or wherever they may be, Lord, you're there as well. There's some people that are desperate. Not knowing, but Lord, we know that you know it all. I pray that you would move in their midst. Lord, even those that may feel like just throwing in the towel and giving up. I pray that you would prick their heart, Father God, and they would turn to you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the body, strengthen the church, preach your word with a compassion and a drive and a zeal that they've never known. God, that this word, we know it will not return void. Lord, that we be a neighbor, that we love one another, that we speak life to one another. Lord, I'm asking for you to do the impossible. Lord, I'm asking for you to make a way where there seems to be no way. God, I'm asking for you to move and have your way. Lord, I'm asking that we be a vessel that you pour through, that we be your hands and feet, we be obedient to you. Lord, I pray that everyone who's watching or will watch, they be blessed, Lord, that you change them, transform them from the inside out. Father, we give you all the honor, give you all the glory, and we give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I want to encourage you to tune in Wednesday night <coughs> at 7 o'clock. And at that time, we'll tell you what's going to happen with the coming weekend. But also, uh, youth, if you're watching, uh, I'm sure that Terrence and Melissa will be in contact with you, but they're going to set up some Zoom meetings. Children's ministry are going to do it Tuesday? Thursday. Thur Tuesday and Thursday. So be ready. Uh, I think the uh, Wednesday, y'all going to do it Wednesday. Um, Connie is working on uh, for the uh, Young at Heart to set up the Zoom meetings so we can stay in contact.
But we love you guys. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. If there's any need that you got uh, that's essential, let us know. And we'll do what we can to make sure that that need's met. But we love you. Uh, be blessed and uh, hope to see you guys soon.